Welcome to Co-Creation Station with Colin and Stephanie, a podcast about the law of attraction, the art of allowing, spiritual magic, and how to enjoy this strange and miraculous journey we call life. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now here are your hosts, Colin and Stephanie. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Co-Creation Station, the podcast where we talk about the law of attraction, the art of allowing, spiritual magic, the mind-body-spirit connection, and how to best enjoy this mystical, miraculous, mysterious, crazy, sometimes confounding, but always incredible journey we call life. My name is Colin. I'm a teacher, tarot oracle card reader, and I'm a singer and guitarist in the rock band Red Treasure, and I'm located in beautiful, sunny, and still very, very hot North Hollywood, California. My name is Stephanie Erlina. I am a transformational life coach and I help people shift away from negative thinking and I am in San Diego, California today. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast or watching us, whichever you're doing. At this time, we're posting a brand new episode every Monday morning. We really appreciate you doing whatever your platform allows you to do to support the podcast, liking us, following us, subscribing to us, leaving a comment, writing us a review. All of that helps other people find us, and we're very grateful to you for that. Each week, we start our discussion from a different jumping-off point, and this week, I have the jumping-off point, um, and Stephanie is somewhat upset because I didn't tell her the whole topic ahead of time. Annoyed. We always, <laughs> we always prep each other beforehand, which we never do as far as Slightly. I slightly. I'll mention I, I was listening to this, and I'll mention what it is, and, and then you're like, okay, wait, so you have an idea. I have no idea what you're going to throw at us right now. But, you, but you'll know what, how, what to say about it. <laughs> it's, not like, it's not like we're you, suddenly... You no, know me. You know I like to know. Something like something unrelated to the art of allowing or something. Mm. Um, so here's the topic, and there's a few sort of... Um, uh, I don't know, anecdotes or vignettes um, that popped into my head that, that made me curious about having a deeper discussion with you specifically about this. So one of them is, um, I remember the life coach I had before you um, when I was living in New York City at the time, she was very hip to law of attraction and believed in it as well. And But we had, I remember we had one conversation about it and she said something to the effect of... Um, I'll never forget this. It's I, I think about it pretty regularly, actually, even though it was many, many years ago. She says, "Yes, well, I, I believe in the law of attraction. I think it's you know it's very important to understand it because it's you know how everything really works behind the scenes." It's like, but I also don't think you can just sort of sit in your room and meditate on something you want all day and take no action on it and have it just magically show up. And I, I remember at the time I had just started really learning about the law of attraction. I just watched The Secret. I had maybe had watched my first interview with uh, Esther Hicks, who channels Abraham. Um, and I remember, it was one of those moments where I was in the flow of a conversation, and she said that, and I go, oh, yeah, totally. I mean, you couldn't do that. And then, but in my mind at the time, I was like, actually, I think maybe you might. <laughs> and not to say, so that's one vignette. Um, the other vignette is uh, somebody, uh, a mentor, one of my mentors that I've worked with in the past, uh, gentleman wonderful gentleman uh, named Nelson, who you've heard me talk about before, um, who's a, a big expert on, on leadership and how to treat people uh, with kindness and respect yeah. and communicate with kindness and respect in the workplace, um, regardless of the, you know, the, the industry or the field or whatever. And he used to say something to me all the time, which is, um, where your focus goes, the energy flows. I love that one. And... I do too, but 
so so how these two things sort of fit together and what, what my question for you is is that one thing I'm challenged by pretty regularly I would say in my life and it's come up a lot this week about the band that I'm in Red Treasure that I write the songs for play guitar sing for here in Los Angeles um, is that I'm because what I feel like I'm doing with the band might as well get, just get all the personal stuff on the table here I feel like for the first time we're coming out of the pandemic we've done our first two in-person live shows we've done we did shows through the pandemic on Zoom that were just acoustic, you know, concerts, which all went great. But we've done our first two live in-person shows at music venues here in Los Angeles. And what I feel like I'm doing for the first time very well is I'm really, I'm taking my hands off the wheel in terms of trying to control the journey of the band. And it feels super uncomfortable because... I, this is my third band. I had two in New York City when I lived there. I had one now in Los Angeles for several years here. And I've always felt like um, I think I have done a decent job of working with the law of attraction and art of allowing, but I've also counteracted it sometimes by trying to over-control um, the journey of the band with actions. Like not really trusting and using, involving the universe and practicing the art of allowing as much as I could and instead going, well, just as some random examples, we're going to play this venue and, and I've decided in my ego and mind that playing this venue is going to take the band to a certain higher level of our career or whatever. And then it sort of doesn't work out the way I intended and it gets very frustrating. So I guess my question is, when I was thinking about Nelson's statement of like where, the, where your focus goes, the energy flows, Part of me is struggling with how do I keep the energy flowing to something that I'm so passionate about, but not try to control it, you know, because I, I, I keep feeling like lately well, what I'm... Let me ask you, how's that working for you? Trying to control it. How's it working for you for these? I think... How many years have you had your third band? Well, the other thing is I don't want to paint it... My sister Kelly, who's been a special guest on this podcast many times and probably will be again, she, she always calls me out when I talk this way because she's, she's been observing me as a musician my whole music career. And sometimes I talk about my approach to the bands in a way that where I say something like, oh, I wasn't practicing the art of allowing at all. I wasn't working with the universe or source at all. And she always corrects me. She's like, I've been watching you and your bands since the beginning. And you're like, you've done a really good job at working with the art of allowing and bring, you've brought in a lot of good stuff. So I don't want to, I want to honor what she says. Cause I think she's right. I don't think it's black and white. Like I don't mean to paint it like, Oh, for whatever many years I've been doing this, I've been controlling right. it. Completely, and now I just stopped, you know, but I think your question is like when, I, when I do find myself in an, incident of controlling how does that work and it doesn't it, it doesn't yeah. it but I think the the trap that I fall into with it is until the results happen it I'm more comfortable in the sense that like well I feel like I'm doing something like if somebody asks me like well, you told me I think this is what you've said you know I'm gonna do one percent yeah and let higher power do 99 percent yeah so it sounds to me like you booking a gig is the 1%. And in friend time, you were telling me about the show you did last night. Was it last night? Or uh, Friday we night? We played two nights ago, yeah. Okay, Friday night. Yeah. 
that was incredible and you you there were so many things in it in that experience that you've wanted that you one didn't know what happened two didn't think it could ever happen and three you realize omg like all these different things were in that one evening right so i would say that you're right on track like i and i think with the whole D D thing you know I, i was telling you this image that i found on um Instagram the other day of Abraham's and it's one of the people who does a lot of um, Abraham's have says find something that makes you happy and think about it a lot like you've taught been talking so much about D&D and it just is like taking over your life and the joy like your joy meter is at like 150 percent if there were such a thing this is your first time listening or watching we're talking about the game Dungeons and Dragons which I yes. recently got back into yes. many years away yes and and you even said to me earlier um, this morning, my little boy, inner child, if you don't know anything about that, we all have a, a child within us, is so happy. And that was like, dude, I've known you for how many years? And I've, I've probably heard you say that like a handful of times. Mm. And Interesting. like, I want to cry because that is awesome. Like, it's not yeah. something you say very often, but when you do, it makes my heart sing because yeah. like, I know what that feels like for my little girl to be so happy because that brings me so much joy. Yeah. And, and so, you know, there's another image that I captured on social media about Abraham's quotes. And it was like, find something to feel like, say, let's say you want to create a relationship, find something that makes you feel good and just think about that. It doesn't even have to be about relationships, but if you focus on something that feels so good, the relationship will show up. And so I I feel like you being in the vortex so much by doing Dungeons and Dragons, Mm -hmm. that has opened, you've been in that energy state that then you had this experience on Friday night that had, that was in your vortex. Yeah. It's interesting because I've thought to myself, like sort of comparing, because I love doing both. You know, we've been rehearsing more often recently with the band because we have these shows that we're now playing. And I was wondering after, I mean, again, it's not that the band shut down during the pandemic, but we were we were only doing acoustic shows on Zoom, um, which was a different process. We didn't have to rehearse as much, um, et cetera. Um, so part of me, like when we started rehearsing again with live instruments, you know, in a rehearsal hall and everything, like we used to before the pandemic hit, I was wondering, like, oh, is part of what happened here that I that I like it less, you know? And then we would go into rehearsal and we start playing, and I'm just like, I'm right back to like pure joy. Like when I rehearse with the band, I'm in pure joy. Mm. And both of the two shows we've done, when I'm on stage performing, pure joy, start mm. to finish. Um, so it's like, okay, so that part I'm doing right. You know, like that part I'm doing right. I guess it's what's... It's not a matter of doing right. It's a matter of, oh, I'm in the vortex when I'm doing this thing. So that's yeah. a good thing. I think it's that... It's not it, about right, wrong, good, or bad. Is like, is this working for me or not? Yeah. Am I, I in alignment? What's interesting comparing Dungeons & Dragons to to the band, and I, I, I kind of know part of what's going on here is like, I don't really have, um, like with Dungeons and Dragons, my only goal is to play and have fun. Like I'm not worried about results so much. I'm really worried about 
if I'm worried about any results at all, and I, I wouldn't even call it worried, it's just like I'm I'm working because I'm the I run the game that I'm currently most involved in, and I have eight other people who are the players, and so I do feel like part of my job, if if I can call it, it's not even a real job, but um, it's too much fun to be called a job, but like. My responsibility—I do have a responsibility to make sure. Isn't they that funny? We think of a job as not fun. Yeah, that word actually. Yeah. You said that, and I'm like, fun. oh. Yeah. No, that's interesting. I—I never thought about that before. But you're totally right. I feel like when, normally, at least in America, which is all I'm familiar with, really, when you say the word job, it has this like kind of negative connotation most of the time. Yeah. yeah. Um. But I know, like with Dungeons and Dragons, like my only real responsibility—if if we're going to talk about any responsibility—it's just like I do. I do feel responsibility to make sure that um, everybody's treated with kindness in the game session, and that everybody that I'm doing as much as I can to uh, allow others to have fun. Mo to a large so extent. What I'm hearing you say is you have way less resistance around yeah. Dungeons and Dragons, and you yes. have way more resistance yeah. with the band. Yeah, and I think and, you know what I can't relate at all. <laughs> yeah, because I've been telling, I've been saying this almost in every episode for quite a while now. Is like there are some things I have no resistance at all, or very little, and I have yeah. way more belief and joy and what have you. And then there's these other things. It's not that they don't show up; it's just that they take a lot, much longer time to show up, and it's because I have huge amounts of resistance. And very little allowing because I have doubt, fear, worry, but blah, 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 you know, fill in the blanks with, oh, it can't happen because of that. Yeah. Da, da, da. I think that's the main diff. Well, there's two main differences, I guess. One is uh, between the band, for me, the band and, and D&D. And, and one is exactly what you say about the resistance. And it's just amazing because like literally like from the time I first played D&D &D for the first time in whatever, 22, 25 years, something to today. It's like I'm literally like I play in an online game every week that I've been playing for months. I run a game at a gaming store in Burbank. You know, eight people show up completely of their own volition, you know, like no obligation whatsoever. They show up every week. We spend three hours together playing. Um, I'm but doing you had like how many years did you say you had such a gap in between when you first played when you were a little kid and then when you yeah. started playing again just in the last year yeah, no, I understand. But because the, you had resistance. You just don't yeah, have as true. much. That's true. That's true. You know, that, that shifted true. somehow last year. That's what I'm saying is, like, once the shift happened, I feel like I've had almost no resistance. And, like, the amount of stuff that has happened for me with D&D &D since that point is incredible. When you match it to the band, it feels like what I – because you and I had a conversation just personally where you were, like, I was asking you for advice about the band and you're, you said something to the extent of like, write down what you really want with the band. And at the time that we had that conversation, I was like, oh yeah, that's really good. And then this week I actually was about to do that and I was just like, why am I gonna write down something that I've known in my heart crystal clear since 2004? Like literally, I remember the moment after the first rehearsal of my first band, Victor Bravo, we were in Boston we did the rehearsal. We got. We didn't know it was a rehearsal. We thought we were just getting together to jam, but I knew it was a rehearsal. We got back to my friend Dan's apartment, me and my sister and Dan, and I was like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> I mean, I've known exactly, like when you watch The Secret and you're like, well, you know, like 
visualize it in your mind. Like, I don't, I have. Dude, but 2004, didn't you, what, you told me like when you were seven, you wanted to move to LA and become a musician. Is that, did, did I remember uh, that? I wanted to be a filmmaker when I was a little kid. Oh, so that, so then that was your dream to move to LA? You, cause you wanted, when did you have the dream to move to LA? Yeah, when I was a little kid, right after I saw the first. That was for film and not for music? Correct. Oh, okay. Yeah. I misunderstood that then. Okay. Yeah. No, so I would when say. When did you want to be a. It was really in 2004 was the first time you, you made the decision to be a. Yeah. I mean, I didn't start earnestly. When did, when did you start playing music? When did you start playing music? 2000. Oh, really? I was 30. Yeah. OMG. Like, I. Wow. Okay. I mean, I had been involved in music when I was a kid. I had sang a lot. Um, you know, like a lot of kids, I was in like the school band. Yeah. Um, but well, I, didn't you and Kelly sing together when you were kids or something? We were in the we were in the our elementary school's chorus together. We were okay. in our church's uh, junior choir together. Okay. Um, but yeah, but I never, I never devoted any serious thought to being a musician when I was a little kid. That was literally. Uh, something that oh my gosh. Okay. I think it first occurred to me in my 20s like I thought about it but it felt like a impossible because I hadn't learned an instrument I hadn't you know whatever I wrote my first song my first real song in 2000 um, so 22 years ago yeah and then but it was really yeah and and I had these little touch points where I'm like oh I really like this but I don't know and then it was that first rehearsal of Victor Bravo in Boston in 04 where I was like, we got home. Cause, but that was the first time I'd really. Um, so in 04, so that's what, 18 years ago, yes? Yeah. And you've literally had three bands in 18 years. OMG. Well, when you put it that way, Stephanie, it sounds like I've done a lot. You have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So you just haven't achieved your your highest vision let's call think, it yeah i think that's the thing that i'm challenged with right now it's like yeah i think i Yet. definitely yeah and i think so the two questions are and i did that did occur to me um I, as i told you i was not in a good mood when i went to the show friday night but i was in a great mood as soon as i got from from the time i got there and then after that i was fine but um i definitely did think to myself I was having some negative thoughts before the show, and I remember as I was driving over there, and I remember thinking, um, in fact, I think I have it on my refrigerator, um, Ken Ashley's quote, um, it says, the only thing a dream needs is time. Oh, I like and that like, one. It's just like, if you, if you have a dream of like, well, I'm gonna be a filmmaker someday, or I'm gonna have a big house someday, or whatever, if you just decide you're not gonna have it and you're going to not ever take any further action on it and you're going to decide it's not going to happen that's the end of the dream like right there but it's not the universe that's not the universe the art of allowing law of attraction anything that's it you. really isn't the end of the dream well that's we a whole can... episode that's another episode <laughs> in this episode because as soon as we want something it's in our vortex and and both you and i and everyone listening we have wanted something that we were like, no, I can't have it, or like you said, and then it still happened. Yeah. Anyway, the one question I wanted you to answer as we go through this is, so I understand the whole 1% thing, but it's like, how low can you go? You know, like how much do you have to take your hands off the wheel? 
Okay. Do you want me to tell you a story? Yeah. I've said this story before, but I, when you first started talking, I'm like, oh, I need to share this story again. <clears throat> so several summers ago, um, this is like iPod time. Um, it was summer and I was taking my granddaughter and my nieces to Torrey Pines Beach in San Diego. And, um, and I remember I was loading up the car and I don't, after being a letter carrier for 15 years, I don't like being in the sun, like for hours. It's not my jam. And I remember saying, um, God, I wish I had a sun umbrella. And we went and we had a fabulous time. I didn't have a sun umbrella. Then um, a few days later, I, I thought to myself, I really want something I can play my iPod in at home. So I just don't have to have my earbuds in. I can just put it in something like on a dock and it plays music. And so I did two things I love that week. I um, took my nieces and my granddaughter to the beach and we had a fabulous time. And then I also, at the time, I wanted to take my husband, Lou, to this French cafe. And I, at the time, I loved doing garage sales and riding my bike. So we were going to ride my bi our bikes to this French cafe. And I'm like, if we see any garage sales on the way, we'll stop. It was a Sunday morning. And we're heading down the driveway. And I look across the street. And these um, younger women, they're like college age, they were having a garage sale. And I was like, oh, fabulous. So we head over there. And I start looking around. And... Um, and they had some journals that weren't used and I'm picking up those. And then one of the sisters says to me, do you have an iPod? And I go, yeah, I do. And she goes, she goes, hang on a second. And she turns around and she heads into the house and I'm still looking for more stuff. And she comes out with this big brown paper bag and she opens, she, she folds this and it's iHome. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, it's brand new. All she didn't have, she just didn't have the remote. And I just looked at it, my mouth just fell open. And she goes, yeah, I don't like Apple. And she starts telling me all the reasons why she doesn't like Apple products. And it's a brand new iHome that I can put my iPod on and play music on. And I go, how much do you want for it? She goes, 25 bucks. At the time, they were going for like 200, I think. And so I'm like, yeah, sure. And inside, I'm like, oh, my God. And so I, you know, start to buy a couple other things. And then their friend pulls up in a Jeep. And she's got all kinds of stuff in the back. And she starts putting a bunch of stuff from the Jeep onto the grass. And there's this long, thin thing. And I walk over to her and I go, what's that? And she goes, oh, it's a sun umbrella. I go, um, how much? I go, how much? She goes, $5. <laughs> so in day's time, I didn't do anything but ask. One, I said out loud to my nieces and granddaughter that I, I would I need a sun umbrella the other one I just thought I would really like something that I could play my iPod on at home and went out and had fun that week I really had like the best week ever and and I didn't do anything other I shouldn't say that so this is where I want to change the story and then I did my part I asked which we do automatically and then I went out and enjoyed myself. I was in the vortex. I was enjoying myself, appreciating, having fun. I didn't do all those things that we say we have to do, which is take action. And I think I, we want to change that verbiage to laughing, napping, relaxing, playing, having fun is taking action. Because mm -hmm. we think it has to be work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I have to do things I don't want to do in order to get what I want. Yeah. And that is 
incorrect. You can do those things. Right. And as my story shows, we can be in the vortex and allow the universe because never in my wildest dreams could I have imagined any of that. Mm. I literally walked across the street and got what I wanted while I was enjoying myself. Mm. That's a great story. I think what, what I got, I'll just sort of share with you what I got out of that as I was listening is that and I think this involves something, I think we've talked about this on a couple episodes in the past about intuition, is that it's important or it's, it's helpful. You don't have to do it, but it's helpful if you can listen to however you want to think about it, higher power, spirit, the universe, whatever, mm-hmm. in terms of what is best for you to do about your dream or about your vision or about something you want to attract into manifested reality mm-hmm. um, instead of just going with like your an, your analytical thing especially if your analytical thoughts about what i should do bring up resistance mm-hmm. um, i think there are some parts of any like just like any job in the world or any task or project in the world um, there's going to be things with the band that I need to do that aren't super fun, you know, um, like, you know, Dave Grohl still has to either do his taxes or he probably pays somebody else, but he's, he's got to get the paperwork together and give them to his account or whatever. And he, that's probably not the most fun day of his life. And but, what Tony Robbins uh, says about that, he calls it crunching is when you do something you enjoy with something that you don't enjoy. Like I don't like yeah. cleaning the house, but if I listen to music or dance while I'm doing it, ah, it's okay. a little more enjoyable. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, because I think what there's there's something like coming out of the pandemic sort of happened, and I I really appreciate today's episode because it wasn't just a great discussion for me, but it also helped me a lot. Is to see is that like there was an Im, there's been an imbalance, and and we can argue about whose fault that is, but there's been an imbalance in terms of the tasks that seem to be in front of me for the band are way there's way more that I don't enjoy than ones that I do enjoy. And it's been feeling off in that way um, because usually it feels like there's at least balance, like there's at least stuff I like doing and some stuff I have to do that I don't necessarily enjoy. Uh, or the, the stuff I enjoy is way more, you know, there's way more of those things than the other thing. And, and just coming out of the pandemic and trying to figure out like where should we be playing and how, how do we get, you know, people, it's different for everybody, but people are not used to going out to live events the way that they were prior, prior to the pandemic. Dude, you had like, you did a show on Friday and you had the previous band's people stay for your show. That's never, that hasn't happened in a really long time. Yeah. You've done two shows recently. One it never happens in like, LA. People, people who don't live in New York or LA don't know that that just never happens here. It's so funny. Yeah, and so you had that happen on Friday. Like, there's a shift that occurred on Friday. There's a shift that occurred prior to Friday, and you experienced that shift on Friday. Yeah. And that's the one thing about... I'm glad you called that out, because, like, as soon as I got to the venue on, um, on Friday's show, I could talk more about, like, how things felt than what the details of what was going on 
like the, the, the most honest I can say is that like my emotion shifted from resistance to like joy and ease. Well, just, and say what you said that you were telling yourself because you were having all these negative thoughts. And then what did you say to yourself? Oh, just shut up. <laughs> no, I was in a really bad mood and I, you know, it's always. That was brilliant. The and more, you listened to yourself like right seasons, on. You called seasons, it out. The more seasons of this podcast we do, the more ridiculous it gets when I get negative in my own mind because I'm like. I'm aware. Right. I have been there recently, and it's it does. I'm like, oh my god! Like I was telling you earlier, I'm like, I'm, I was like, what what makes you happy? And I'm like, I can't think of anything that makes me happy. And I'm like, yeah. that anybody who knows me is so not me. But because I've been on these worry and fear trains, it's like it's like it's disturbing. I mean, imagine binge listening to 20 episodes of this podcast and then talking to you and like, what's going on, Stephanie? And you're like, well, I'm really struggling with negative thinking right now. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're the co-host of this podcast where you tell everybody to like think positively all the time. You're like, yeah. Yeah. However, I, I am gonna, I am going to brag that I am doing far better than most people in my position. I'm like right at the tail end of a divorce. Like, are you freaking kidding me like of course yeah. i'm gonna be and honestly compared to what the reality of what's going on i'm doing really well but for me i'm off and it feels funky as f well that's but for, but for like, some people on a scale of of one to a hundred i'm like on a 10 and norm most people would be on a 90 but it feels like a 90 to me because yeah. my yeah, so anyways. Well, but one of the things I Shout love... out to Hala. <laughs> Shout out for my own... One mother. of the things I do love about... I mean, we're joking about that, but one of the things I do love about the podcast is that just doing it helps me. I, I mean, I just feel like... I don't know how anybody grows up, at least in the American culture that I've grown up in, um, and gets into adulthood with, like, pure positive thinking. Like, yeah, it's just... There's just a lot of... Most people experience a lot of negative thinking programming when they're growing up and they just end up with beliefs that are not helpful. And so I think for me, I've always looked at this is a, this is just a lifelong improvement project. I'm, I'm I don't, I don't have a finish line of like the day that I have no negative thoughts, you know, yeah. it's more that like, is when I take my last breath. Cause then I'm pure energy at that point. And then there's yeah. like, that doesn't exist in that realm. <laughs> yeah. But it does. I mean, I think it does sometimes like you and I have a higher standard for ourselves because we're like, you know, how can I be struggling with negative thing? I talk for you know 45 minutes a week. I tell people not to do this and here I am doing it. But yeah, I was in, I was having a lot of negative thoughts on my drive over to the venue. Um, and, but the one, and I, it was really like a frame, you know, we talked last episode about the, you know, the, the express train to Angryville or whatever, Angry Town. And I was definitely on that express train, but the one thing, so I couldn't flip it. I couldn't start having, it, it just wasn't going to happen for me to go from all these negative toxic thoughts to like, oh no, everything's great. You know, like that was, that would be, that would momentum had built up. Yeah. But what I did tell myself, what I did, I was able to catch it, number one. I knew what was happening. So that's the first, it's like solving any problem. you got to be aware of the problem to, to be able to hope, have any hope of solving. And that shows, like, the progress, right, of, like, what how yeah. what an awesome allower you are and, like, where you're yeah. at with the art of allowing and that law of attraction that you could catch it like that because yeah. most of us don't. Yeah. And, like, when we practice this long enough, we can catch it sooner yeah. than some people. And what I was able to say to myself, which you – just referenced is 
because I knew it was a lost cause if I was going to say, like, oh, think positive thoughts. You know, like, when, when, when you see your bandmate Gabriel, just tell him super positive things. I'm like, that's not going to work. But what I was able to say is just shut up. Just don't verbalize. Don't give energy to those negative thoughts and 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 Perpetuate keep it. the momentum going by passing it along to other people. Yeah, exactly. That's the one thing. I, I shared another story with you from last night. I went to see my friend Corey Landis, who's actually in our band too, but um, he has his own band. And I went to see him play, and his band was playing for the first time since before the pandemic, I think. And um, I got to the venue, and I didn't have any cash, and L.A. is not like New York City, and there is no ATMs anywhere in L.A. I don't, I've never understood what the deal is with that. But anyway, you have to go very far to find a, an ATM. And so I missed part of the show, and I was because I had to walk so far to get to an ATM and I can't, I remember on the walk back again, I'm having this, I'm having negative thoughts. Like I didn't want to miss any of Corey's set. I didn't want to be late. I was actually on time, but now I'm going to be late. Yeah. And I just thought to myself, yeah, but Colin, if imagine the show's great, your friend Corey gets off stage and you make this all about you and your bad experience. Mm. Like, is that what you want tonight? Like, not only do you want to make yourself more miserable, but you want to bring your misery to others and spread it. Like, that is not what I do. And so I was like, again, I'm not going to go to the venue and say, oh, I'm so happy to be here. Because I was. I was pissed about this ATM situation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I, again, I was just like, do what you did last night. Shut up. Just shut <laughs> up. Just go. Yeah. And, and provide the opportunity for other people's energy, the universe. Like, let other people just allow. Just that's by shutting up, you can allow things more powerful than you to help shift your vibration, help exactly. shift your perspective. And it totally worked. I had the best night ever. The show was yeah, amazing. That's awesome. And, and I think everybody that I talked to after the show experienced me as this like super happy person, which like literally 45 minutes earlier, it's like, oh, you would not have wanted to talk to me while I'm walking up Wilshire with a stick on my butt about the APM situation. But so anyway, all right. Good chat. Thank you for everything you shared. It was really helpful. Um, You're welcome. Yeah. I think a lot of people can hopefully can relate to these sorts of things. So hopefully. Um, all right. Um, let me get my closing script up here. Which I didn't have any. Uh, we're so happy that you joined us here today. Um, remember that uh, this time we are posting a brand new episode every Monday morning for you. Um, we truly appreciate you doing whatever your platform allows you to do to support us, like us, follow us, subscribe to us, leave us a comment, write us a review. All of that helps other people find us. Um, all of our social media links and our email address, if you want to email us, are in the description in the YouTube video down below. Um, we wish you a happy and abundant week, and we look forward to you joining us again on the next episode of Co-Creation Station. Have a great week, everybody.